caffeinated but how are you yeah i'm good i'm really good it's a um a busy day here so i'm at Imperia at the dream center and we're yeah. about to do a yeah a huge event um we've got over a thousand prom dresses that we're going to be offering to girls in the area that uh can't afford to go to prom so we're doing this huge event mm. called of hope wow so it's a bit of a crazy day around here which is great that's that's what i love around yeah here. Right. That's always good and effective. So for anyone listening, uh, this is conversation. Andy and I are just going to have a conversation. I believe that uh, we need more conversations in 2023. I don't think a lot of people are having dialogues. I think a lot of monologues are happening. So Andy, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, maybe uh, your story a little bit even. I'd love to uh, deep dive into that. Yeah. So as you can tell from my accent, I am not from around these parts, uh, originally <laughs> from England, and moved mm-hmm. to America 30 years ago. Um, uh, at that time, um, 30 odd years ago, I was youth pastoring in England. I then took a year to go and help um, launch a, a discipleship, youth discipleship training program in Australia um, for a year, and which was amazing. Uh, but in the midst of that, um, my dad gave me a call. Um, he was pastor in a church in England, very successful church. Uh, he was on the, the National Youth Board for Assemblies of God over in England at that time. Mm. And um, he called me and he said, something crazy has happened. Um, we've been offered a church in America and you need to pray about where you want to go because I was in Australia. I could have stayed in Australia. I could have gone back to England or this new opportunity of coming to America. And so I said to him, you know, I need to pray about that. I was 19, 20 at the time. So mm-hmm. looking into the future and seeing what God was wanting to do with me, I knew the call of God was on my life and I knew that there was going to be something that I would be doing. Um, but I had a bit of a, a path to choose and so at that time the team that I was a part of there was five of us we were helping um, in Perth a a number of churches in Australia and there was a conference going on that actually it was the early years of Hillsong were a part of Mm -hmm. and uh, they were coming into Perth and I said to my dad I said listen let me go to this conference let me pray about what I need to do and um, and we'll go from there. And so mm-hmm. that night I went to the youth celebration. And the thing that was crazy about it was um, over the last six months of being in Australia, I had not met one person from America. Um, wow. You know, it's a long way, right? It's expensive. And I, had, I just hadn't met anyone. That night a guy got up to preach um, and it was a guy called Wes Beavis and um, he gets up and he starts to talk and uh, again I'm coming off the back of my dad asking me if I want to move to Peoria Illinois right so I've never heard of this place right someone told us it was a suburb of Chicago it's like three hours from Chicago so <laughs> <laughs> All right. so um, so I go to this service and this guy gets up to preach and he starts the message by saying, you know, a lot of you think that I'm from Australia. 
but I'm not. He said, I actually moved here when I was 18, 19. And I never mm. normally, this guy said, I never normally go into my past, but I was actually born and raised in Peoria, Illinois. And I am now like, okay, God, you have my attention. Like, I haven't right. met an American in six months. Now I'm seeing a guy who was from the town who I could potentially be going to. So I meet with him afterwards, and I mean, crazy story. The town that he actually grew in was East Peoria, which was, mm -hmm. which was the town right next to the town of the church that we were going to take on. And so wow. I said, this is crazy. Like, I told him the story. He's like, oh, you'll love the area. So that night, as if that wasn't enough, that night, the team uh, and I said, hey, we're going to go and see a movie. And that, at that time, a movie called So I Married an Axe Murderer had just come out. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Myers is the main role in it. And uh, it's a good movie. It's not like a horror or anything, but... Yeah. I go, I go in to this movie, and we're sitting, and the opening credits start. And as I look at the screen, there's a picture of a, a waitress with a huge cup of coffee... And there's like a mm. camera above the coffee and it's taking this coffee through this real busy coffee area to Mike Myers. And when it gets to Mike Myers, the coffee is given to him and it pans back and right behind him is a map of America and directly above his head is a big word that says Peoria. And That's wild. And, and so for me, I was like, God... You have got my attention. I don't, I've never been to this city. I don't know mm -hmm. what uh, you've got planned for this city, but I know I've got to go there. And so yeah. 30 years ago, we made the move. And about uh, 20 years ago, I uh, became the executive director of Dream Center Peoria, which was founded by mm -hmm. the church my dad had pioneered right here. Uh, in Peoria, mm -hmm. after he'd been at that church we were sent to originally, and uh, and so that you know, I talk a lot about hearing the voice of God and really mm -hmm. chasing after His call because I've seen it so prevalent in my life in so many ways. That was just a small part, but just of right. taking that step of hearing God in a different and maybe a creative way. Um, so yeah, so that's a bit of my story of how I got it. Yeah, that's that's just such a a unique but also incredible, encouraging, divine, uh, obviously story. Um, yeah, I mean, even going into that, like for for any of our listeners, walk me through the journey because obviously, like you're praying about it and there's answers in front of you. So practically, how can somebody? How can somebody go on that journey of maybe they're trying to figure out where to move, maybe a new job, maybe a, a spouse, whatever it is, and they're yeah. saying, hey, I, I, I guess I don't know how to find an answer. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to a, f a few things. One, you know, staying connected with God, especially in your devotional life. That's a mm -hmm. huge po portion of it because you've got to be open to God speaking to you, whether it's through a movie or whether it's through the word. And you want everything right. lining up with the word anyway. So you might as well start there, right? Yeah. And from that, um, God can just place things in your path. I find that 
and, and even with the Dream Center and what we're doing here, mm-hmm. there is an element of faith that sparks once you step out in that faith. It's okay talking about, oh, I've got faith for this or I've got faith for that. But it's once you step out and take that mm-hmm. step that could be really scary, that God then starts either showing you what to do or providing mm-hmm. for what you need to do. You know, right. um, just a, a quick story. I, I'd been running the Dream Center for about 12, 14 years and um, was approached from a church in Nashville, Tennessee called Cross Point. And um, church right downtown, and they at that time were running um, three different dream centers. And they approached me and said, hey, would you come on staff? Would you be a part of helping run these and get them really up and running? They'd seen what we had done here in Peoria. And so, you know, whenever we, we make moves, we always think it's forever, right? You mm-hmm. make a move not thinking, oh, it's only going to be for a few weeks. And um, I, I took this move um, and was an incredible time for me and, and, and ministry-wise, working with a church like Crosspoint uh, mm-hmm. uh, at that time was, you know, one of the fastest-growing churches in the country, and um, the environment was great, and we were doing a lot of work. And I'd been there for about four months, five months, and God tapped me on the shoulder and said, okay, are you ready to go back to Peoria? And I was like, what? This is like a dream job. <laughs> This is the dream team around me, love Nashville, mm-hmm. up and coming. We bought a house in Franklin. Um, you know, we, were like, we weren't there, like, to just visit. Like, we had moved. Yeah. And, and I said, God, okay, if, 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 if you want me back in Peoria, there's a few things that have to happen. When I had moved to, Peoria, to Nashville, someone had taken... Um, my position at the Dream Center here. So it wasn't like there was a job mm-hmm. opening, you know. Yeah. So I said, God, you've got to open doors for a job. I can't just move back with my family and three kids and animals and everything else. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to yeah, step into the doesn't work. Bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, I said to my wife, why don't you, because she was feeling the same. And I think that's part mm-hmm. of hearing God's call as well, especially if you're married. Mm-hmm. It's definitely um, God speaks in twos if you're married. Like, you know, he, yeah. there's got to be confirmation. Otherwise, you're just becoming a lone ranger and your family are just being tagged along. And it's, it does nothing for anyone. Right. Um, and doesn't it, it doesn't help their calling for what God's called them to as well. So for us... Um, at that time, it was confusing, but we knew we had to make a move. So, mm-hmm. Teresa, I turned to my wife, Teresa, and said, why don't you take the kids back to Peoria for summer and stay with your mom? You, they can do a lot of the stuff around Peoria. And we're just going to pray about God to open doors. And if mm-hmm. if it's right for us to move back to Peoria, if it's not just something we ate last night and we feel like we've got to go back, like if it's God right. calling us back... God will open the doors. Mm-hmm. She left on the Tuesday morning. Uh, she had got about two to three hours away from Nashville on the way back to Peoria. 
and uh, it's about a, a seven, eight hour journey. And I get a call from the Dream Center in, in Peoria, and it was the board of directors, and they were saying, hey, we saw that you're very settled in Nashville, we saw that things are going really well, um, but this morning our executive director resigned, and we want to know if you'd be interested in coming back, or do you know of anyone that would want the position? Yeah. So I said, well, my wife is already on her way home. <laughs> like, like this is definitely a God thing. I want to pray about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, for the next few days, we prayed about it, and we knew it was right. But I, I wanted yeah. to finish well at Crossbow mm -hmm. because they had they had looked after us, taken us in. I think that's very important in life. I, I share that with my boys and with my daughter. Like, wherever you're doing, whatever you're doing, finish well. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and so I decide to make the move back. Now I've got mm -hmm. to tell Crosspoint. And um, I'm one of these guys that gets a bit emotional, especially when I'm trying to share something with someone that I, I really like. And so I actually wrote my resignation out and I passed it across the table to my boss and said, I need you to read this because I'll be a wreck. And the only thing that I could say was it was the call of God in asking us to do this. The one thing that I needed help with from God was, you have just bought a house, me, I just bought a house in Franklin, and not only did I have to sell it, but I had to also add on X amount of dollars so that I would have money to buy a house and a down payment back in Peoria. And I said, God, this has got to be something you've got to show up for. And we put the house on the market. And I'm talking, you know, we're talking about stepping out in faith and saying we're going to do it and see and provide. And that helps with, with just hearing God's voice through all that. We put the house on the market at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. And the house was sold within 10 minutes for $40,000 more than I paid for the house. And I just knew, God, you're with us. You're helping us. We're taking that step of faith. And once we took the step of faith, he then brought blessing to be able to then step into the next thing that was going to happen. So, so that's how I, I have seen God move in so many ways. Um, you know, we could be here all day of just talking about once you step out in faith, it's as though God starts to provide in many different ways. But starting with scripture and reading and getting into the word is, is where I, I always start. Because that's where I can then start hearing God's voice through the scriptures and he can direct you without trying to get a word all the time, but it's there all, all the time in the word. What maybe what are two to three things um, for a listener to even practically like how, do, how does somebody finish well? Because I think right now. Uh, that's everybody just wants to jump ship. They hear, they don't even pray about it. They're just jumping and they leave their team in shambles or they, they're not talking to their spouse or maybe they're, like you said, they're pulling their spouse along. Yeah. So maybe, maybe give us some practicals on how, how to finish well. Yeah, this is, this is really good because I, um, you know, I, I run an organization here with over 50 staff members at the Dream Center here. And so 
we see people, uh, we, have a, we don't have a big turnover rate, but I do see some folks come and go. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm on the other end of receiving bad news that someone's leaving. Um, and so for me, I always feel like honoring who you've been with um, is key. Mm. So, for instance, I talked about Crosspoint, leaving Crosspoint. I gave them a six-weeks notice um, that I knew I could finish everything that I was involved in. And if they Mm -hmm. got someone else on the team, I could then impart what we've been working on. So the organization um, doesn't have this lull or this downtime. so I think that's big. I think communicating with staff members and people around you is big. Because whenever mm-hmm. someone leaves an organization or a church, the rumor mill can start very quickly. And so for me, uh, even at Crosspoint, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was big on talking to every department and saying why I'm leaving, that this is a, a, a God thing, that this is something that me and my family are moving into. That, And I think that's crucial. I, I think mm-hmm. I've seen the flip side of um, yeah. churches especially not knowing how to handle someone leaving. At the here at the Dream Center, I've told mm-hmm. our staff, if God right. is calling you to go somewhere else, who am I to even try and stop that? Right? If if it's a God thing, then we are going to bless you all the way. We'll we'll give you the 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 off ramp. It won't be like, well, you're gone tomorrow because you've upset mm-hmm. us. Um, no, no, no. We, we we will give that off ramp because it helps them and it helps us. Right. Um, this just happened with us. One of our key positions, um, uh, she came to me and said, I, I feel like mm. I, I, me and my husband feel I need to stay home with the kids. And uh, we feel God's calling me to stay home. So I said, OK, I'm going to go by your calendar, what you feel you need to do. We have a big event coming up in about five weeks from now. If you could stay on and help us get through that, great. But if you can't, we understand mm-hmm. it because God's calling you to something. And she then turned to us and said, hey, that'd be great. I'll stay on till after the event. It helps us out. That is part of finishing well, communicating mm-hmm. with who's over you, communicating with the team, um, and also communicating ahead of time. You know, I, it, it's huge. Uh, you know, I've had some staff members that have come to me and said, mm-hmm. I'm having a really hard time and I don't know how long I'm going to be here. And so it's at that point I can then step into their world and say, what's going on? What, why are you saying what you're saying? Is there something that as an organization we can help yeah. you so that you either finish well or mm-hmm. we always joke around here and we talk right. about I want all my staff members to retire with me, right? And it's that, that concept of we're in this for the long haul. Now, I know not everyone's going to retire with me, right? I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But it's that concept of we're in this together. 
we're going to live and breathe this until God sends us to a new, uh, a new position or a new mm-hmm. calling or, or whatever is happening. And so, so for me, yeah. finishing well is giving a, you know, a long uh, off ramp for, for, for people, but then also giving them the opportunity to, to finish well themselves. You know, I don't like the, uh, and, and I've been around it very closely mm. recently, where church um, just just turned to yeah. uh, an employee and said, "We know you want to finish Mm-mm. well, but tomorrow is your last day." Like that's like the, and I'll be honest with you, the church is the worst at this. You you can't just do that in most right. places. And so for for us. Yeah. I'm going to try and breathe a bit of life into mm-hmm. whoever's leaving so it doesn't feel awkward for them. So it doesn't feel like they're getting in the way or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I want right. to champion them until they leave, you know? And so, um, so that's, that's a, that's a big yeah. thing for us. Well, here. it's like, so good and so practical. I we think. don't ever want to uh, hold people when back I think about it, God's call. my wife and I transitioned out of a last year, so but it took really like an eight month journey to of bringing our pastors in the journey immediately when we felt something, it wasn't like we went behind everybody's back for six months and then found the answer because usually it's the people who've been around you for five to seven years understand and they know your dreams. And so a hundred percent. And I think yeah. um, talking to your leader and being open about it and, and to the leader creating an environment where people can share that because there are environments where you share a dream or you share, Hey, I feel like yeah. God's telling me to blank and they instantly remove you from their environment or X, Y, Z unhealthy, um, leadership i'll say that yeah uh i want to talk about the dream center a little bit and then um, we'll wrap up here but talk to me a little bit for people who might not understand um maybe the the start of it for you and then where you guys are at now and maybe even how somebody could um maybe they don't live by you so how could they get involved um maybe even giving or literally anything yeah talk to me a little bit about uh what what it is yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, so it's a concept that came out of LA. Um, the LA Dream Center, the Barnets in LA, started this uh, this type of ministry. Um, and about three or four years into them starting. My dad mm-hmm. pioneers this church in downtown Peoria, and there was two crowds that were coming to the church. It was one crowd that were coming to downtown Peoria to be a part of this new church plant, right? But then there was another crowd of folks that were coming from the near mm-hmm. north side of Peoria, which there would be a lot of um, housing projects, a lot of single parent moms, a lot of poverty in the area. And they were coming really with, with needs, and they were asking the church to help. And this was new, right? This was um, my dad before that was in a suburbia church. Like, we weren't seeing any of that. And so we mm-hmm. felt we needed to do something. And so they connected with the LA Dream Center and felt like 
we could bring a Dream Center to Peoria. It will look different than the LA Dream Center because the DNA of that city is different than mm-hmm. the DNA of this city. Right. And yet, um, what happened was, as the church brought this concept to Peoria, the leadership team felt that this had to be something that was not church-owned, that this was not theirs, right? They needed it to be a kingdom thing rather than a church thing. Um, and so they start talking to other churches and area nonprofits mm. and saying, we want to bring this dream center to Peoria. And what is a dream center? For us, our main thing that gets us up each and every morning is impacting families living in poverty, starting with kids and youth. We start with kids and youth because the kids that we're seeing have no way out. They can't move house. They can't move school. Mm -hmm. And the school district that they're in would be a tough school district. They can't go and get a job because they're not old enough. So we felt we could go and really help the student. Wow. But then that would then get us into the home. And that's what's happened. And so here at the Dream Center, um, it's been a bit of a God thing. I'll I'll share the story of how we got this building. Uh, This is an eight-story building. It's an old YMCA building. Um, Wow. right downtown Peoria. So if you come to Peoria, um, there's two hospitals (laughs) directly opposite me. And then our building, um, it's an eight eight-story building, 140,000 square feet. Um, so this building was up for sale for $4 million, uh, which we did not have. This was when we first started. Mm-hmm. We did not have anything. Our budget was $100,000 a year, period. And um, all of our outreach programs were throughout the community at different parks and different churches. And we were just trying to be like a spiritual hospital for people, really trying to bring... Um, different mm-hmm. different avenues of help to people. And so we looked at this building. It had been up for sale for four years at $4 million, and they dropped it to $1.4 million, which was still way more than what we could afford. But that was the point where I got on the phone and called the YMCA, which owned this building. And uh, they, mm. I said, hey, I'm interested in buying the building. And the guy started to laugh at me. And um, he's like, you know, it's really weird. We've had this up for right. sale for four years. Yep. In the last nine months, no one has called for this building. But today you have called and the hospital across the street has called. And that you both want to buy the building. And I knew I can't take on a hospital in a bidding war. Like they've won, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 1.4 million. So I said, listen let's meet our board your board and the hospital board and let's just talk about what we want to do and if it works with what you guys are wanting to sell it for (coughs) so so they start to um we start to meet in this room i get up and i just start sharing my heart for the poor and the broken right here in peoria about how this could be a spiritual hospital this is a this could be a place where we're seeing kids' lives transformed. And, um, and I sat down. Then the hospital got up and said, if we bought hmm. this building, we would knock it down. We, we don't want the building. 
They said what we really want is across the street from this building is a football field size parking lot. That was part of this property. And at the time, the hospital was about to start a whole new mm -hmm. rezoning, rebuild. So I said, let me get this right. If you bought the building, you would knock it down. If we bought the building, I mean, we really don't need the parking lot. Like, we'll make do, but we want the building. So I turned to them and said, out of the $1.4 million, what do you want to pay for that football field size parking lot? And they turned to us and said, we'll pay $1.2 So we ended up buying this building for $200,000. And uh, you, you talk about a God thing. It's got two gymnasiums. It did have a swimming pool. We've turned mm -hmm. that into a 300-seater auditorium. Wow. We have countless classrooms. We have countless uh, areas. And so we were able to step into that. In the last uh, 15 years, we've put in about $10 million into this building. And we've never gone to the bank once. Just people mm. have just got involved. So, so real quick, what do we do? We have, we have four areas that we focus in on. Uh, DCP housing, Dream Center Peoria housing. Wow. <clears throat> we have the, the only emergency shelter for women and children here in Peoria. Each night, anywhere between mm -hmm. 100 to 125 women and children will come here. Our average age is nine years of age in our homeless shelter. So it's, it, we, homelessness to us is completely different than what you imagine and what you see on the street, mm -hmm. say in LA and places like that. But then we have 21 apartments within the building and we can transition some of our homeless guests, uh, most are single parent moms or fathering dads, and we can transition them into an apartment. And there is where we see life change. We've been doing this now, this part of our program for over 10 years. And because of the grants that we get, we have to keep real good records. Wow. And one of the things that we have found out is anyone that yeah. enters from homelessness into our apartments and then from our apartments, we then send them and they get a house or an apartment. They, mm -hmm. They're ready to go out on their own. 93% never go back to homelessness. And so for us, that's the goal with our housing mm -hmm. is is to really try and just, you know, we, we have this slogan on billboards all around town that just says one less homeless and that's our aim we want to make homelessness gone in Peoria so that's housing <clears throat> we then have um, DCP students it's our after-school program so we have a younger age which is from five mm. to ten mentoring tutoring homework help things like that but then when kids turn 11 to 18 we want to do it completely different we want to spark purpose into kids' lives, right? Our core values at Dream Center is dignity, compassion, and purpose. And that purpose is a big deal. So how do we do that? Hmm. We have a full-blown trade school at the Dream Center here. So we have motor mechanics, wow. uh, shop, we have a carpentry studio, we have a 3D printing class, mm -hmm. we have a T-shirt printing class, We've just launched DCP Coffee, 
where we have a full-blown roaster and kids are learning mm-hmm. everything from roasting all the way through customer service and barista work. Um, and so what we're trying to do is show kids a way out of poverty through business. And so, uh, so that's, that's our students' area. Then we have DCP Cares, which is a, like the event we talked about earlier, the, the hands-on outreach programs that we have over 40 different churches involved with what we do here. They can get involved with things like Backpack Peoria. Every year we give away 2,500 backpacks loaded with school supplies to mm. kids in need. So that all falls under our CARES division. Right now we have our store open downstairs. It's a, a store where um, the hurting and the broken can come and get clothing mm-hmm. or basic essentials for the mm. house, all free of charge. We open it twice a month. That's all under our CARES side. So we have housing, students, CARES, and the last one is a new division that's been going for two years. It's called DCP Mobile. And we know that everyone cannot get to the Dream Center but now we can get to them. And so we have, a, uh, we have four mobile trucks. One is a mobile shower unit with four showers and bathrooms on it. Uh, one is a mobile laundry unit. So we have three washers and three dryers where folks who can't get to the laundrette or, or just need help, we can hook it up. We also have a food truck that's just, just literally about to hit the road. Mm-hmm. And the last one is we have a mobile hair salon where we can drive into areas and be able to take hairstylists and be able to have kids, moms, grandparents, dads just, get their hair cut, be- go bewildering to homeless to me areas how, how uh, the men can get their hair much you guys are actually bringing haircut. solutions. So to we're able to take the Dream Center now out um, into the community. Yeah, it's just it's incredible. I hope volunteers that with us anyone listening like to this, whether they live close to you or they live the in Australia, so that's, that's know the four that they can be the solution of practically to a problem in their city by simply meeting a need of somebody across from them. Um, so thank you so much for what you're doing and modeling. What are you going to say? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I I talk a lot when I go to. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm. I, I I talk, you know, at a lot of churches, and they always, you know, we always talk about their calling as a church, you know, and I say, what's God called you to do? And a lot of them look at me and they they start listing programs that they've stole from other cities and other churches, and I, I, so I turn to them and say, well, let me ask you, let me ask you a different question. What is the cry of your city? Mm-hmm. When Jesus ever would walk into cities, yes. there would be people shouting and screaming and wanting to get near Jesus because he had solutions. And so I, I tell mm-hmm. the church, what, what are the cries that you're hearing? Because not only can you bring Jesus to that cry, you can bring practical solutions. And I said, you know what? When you hear those cries, that is now what your church is called to. Answering yeah. those cries of the city. And so, so for us, that's just what we've tried to do. Keeping our ear to the ground, hmm. hearing the cries of the city, 
hearing what's going on within the city and then stepping into that yeah finding a need and filling it if we can do that so good jeez where no one else is already doing it teary-eyed up in here on a what is it thursday and so so that's yeah, it is That's Thursday. Holy to, smokes. To reach Jesus. in the city. It's not We're just, almost to the weekend. Um, presenting well, thank Jesus you so much for being on me. Seriously, Jesus I hope that um, yeah, or talking to our time has been so valuable. Uh, an I'm encouraged by what you Like I said, thank you for modeling what it looks like just to actually the cries um, you've got to reach a city, um, like you said, through the kingdom. I think, um, I think honestly, the next 10, 15 years is going to look more... Like kingdom work than just church programs. I think people are kind of over it. Um, people have either been hurt or maybe they haven't been hurt and they've known somebody. So they're, they have walls, but, um, being the need and the solution to a city, um, does, um, more than a program could probably try to do even. So seriously, thank you for being on. Yeah. Boom.